morning, everyone, and welcome into Wake and Take. It's your boy, Jason, and we have some football to talk about today. Sorry about the 30-minute delay. As you guys know, I've been moving into a new place, and I uh, had a washer and dryer installed. They decided to show up right at 10. You can't pick these things. They, ju they just arrive when they want to arrive. So anyway, we've got some news to talk about. We've got some updates on the Joe Burrow Cav. We've got some updates on Alvin Kamara's suspension. We've got some free agency updates. We've got some camp updates. So why don't we sit back, relax, sip our coffee, and enjoy the show. And it wouldn't be a wake and take without a something of the day. Today is not a clip. Today it is a photo of the day. Today's picture of the day is none other than Carson Wentz. This was taken very, very recently. He is out there practicing in an Eagles helmet, a commander's jersey, and Colts shorts. Why is he doing this? Well, of course, because he's still a free agent, still not on a single team. And those are, of course, the teams he's played for. I just think it's hilarious to look at. So we're going to do that. We're going to spend the next just five seconds really taking this in. Just really take in this picture. Wow. All right. What a picture. What a picture of Carson Wentz again. That was our picture of the day. <laughs> and I want to start today's show off. If you guys tuned in Friday, I did a uh, underdog best ball draft for the weekly winners because I was at the Falcons training camp and i just wanted to give you guys a couple takeaways from that you can check out the full thing on my twitter at jfootballline it is pinned uh and i got a lot of takeaways from that it was a good time it was an open practice so i didn't get any media availability or anything like that i was just sitting on a field i wasn't allowed to take videos there were people walking around making sure you weren't taking videos i did get a very very quick one of a route that was run by Bijan robinson let me talk about that for a second uh just for a whole second, right? This Falcons offense will not run at all how you expect it to. I was very, very intrigued by some of the things I saw, some of the plays they were running. It's going to be interesting. So one of the biggest takeaways is that Cordero Patterson 100% has a role in this offense. Why do I say that? Well, when you see Cordero Patterson line up as a receiver, play in, and play out, well, that probably means that Cordero Patterson is going to be used as a receiver. There were plenty, and I mean plenty of plays, where Cordero Patterson was on the field at the same time as either Tyler Algier or Bijan Robinson. So I'm going to go ahead and basically lock that in. I think the rumors that Cordero might end up being the Falcon slot receiver are basically true, because when he did line up, he lined up in the slot spot. Uh, and it was basically always as a receiver. I only saw him in the backfield a couple times. Yes, he was still in the backfield. As you guys know, he is a pretty explosive runner, has some breakaway run capability, so he will be used in that capacity. But it seems like for the most part, he's going to be used in the slot, in the slot like position, whether you know it's as a slot receiver or just kind of being there as a floater, doing maybe some sweeps or whatever. Uh, but what was also really interesting about Cordero Patterson being used so much as a receiver is, again, he wasn't ever really the only running back on the field. The only time I saw him alone was once, whereas I saw Tyler Algier alone a few times. I saw Bijan Robinson alone a few times. Cordero Patterson was always used as a complimentary piece and basically always as a receiver. 
So that means, yes, I saw Bijan Robinson and Cordero Patterson on the field at the same time. And to another degree, I saw Cordero Patterson and Bijan Robinson both lining up as receivers multiple times. There were many, many times that the Falcons didn't even have a running back in the backfield. I'm talking Bijan Robinson out wide, Cordero Patterson out wide, sometimes lined up together, sometimes opposite sides of the field. But both of these running backs will be used as receivers. Both of those guys are going to get tons of pass catching work. Speaking of Tyler Algier, Tyler Algier did have some good opportunities. He mo he worked with the second team most of the time, but when they did switch to 11 v 11, uh, he was out there basically swapping with everyone. I mean, it was definitely a true rotation going on. Tyler Algier had two catches. Yes, he had two catches. One of those was a touchdown. One of them was a very fantastic yards after catch touchdown. He just ran a quick little out route, caught it, made a good little move, ran down the sideline and scored. So he's going to be used as a receiver out of the backfield too. However, the main thing to note is that when Tyler Algier was used as a receiver, he was used out of the backfield. Tyler Algier never lined up out wide like I saw with Bijan Robinson, like I saw with Cordero Patterson. In fact, I even saw a couple times where Bijan Robinson lined up outside of Drake London. And I thought that was very, very interesting to see Bijan so far out wide. I would say definitely the person I saw on the field the most in terms of running backs was Cordero because of the fact that he was basically always out there, even if another running back was out there. So guys, Cordell Patterson's a value. He's going to be used. Tyler Algier is a value. He's going to be used. And I kid you not, guys, Bijan Robinson will be the number one running back in 2023. He looked fantastic. The route running, the catches, just the size, the way he's commanding himself. I'm very, very excited to see what he can bring. So that's a little bit about the, the running backs, a lot of bit about the running backs, just real quickly, the receivers. I really liked, I saw one point where Kyle Pitts and Desmond Ritter went out to a separate field and worked together, just them two by themselves. It was just a few minutes, but Kyle Pitts went out there and ran some routes with Desmond Ritter, just the two of them. And what I like about that is just seeing that they are trying to make that connection a focal point. They really do want to work on that and make sure it happens because they didn't have any playing time last season. So again, I do view Kyle Pitts as a value right now. I do think he will outperform his ADP. And another receiver that I was very, very impressed with was Mac Hollins. He was the most targeted receiver of the day. I play in, play out. I feel like the ball was going to him. He had a very impressive contested catch over AJ Terrell at one point. And I just, I, I thought the way he looked, he had a cool little visor on. He had his shirt all cut up. He was wearing some Jordans. Uh, you know, I, I do expect a big season from Matt Collins. You know, maybe not a ton of volume, but he's also going to be used. So really, I'm the trend of this is that there's a ton of, uh, value in this Falcons offense. I think every single person is going to be used in some degree. And yes, to answer your question, Desmond Ritter did look pretty decent. I think that this isn't even a competition, to be completely honest. And that's not to say that Tyler Heineke looked bad. Taylor Heineke looked good. I mean, he looked fine. I mean, we all know what Taylor Heineke is. He's a baller. He's going to get stuff done. But Desmond Ritter didn't look bad at all. And I just think that they at least want to give him the chance to where it's really his job to lose. And I don't see Desmond Ritter doing anything to lose the job. He looked really, really decent. He had a great touchdown throw to Kyle Pitts in the back of the end zone. It was really good. He had some scrambling opportunities as well. He rolled out in the pocket. Uh, juked away from a from the edge rusher and cut inside and had a really really nice scramble I, I mean it just it doesn't seem like a competition to me I think he's gonna be fine uh, and then so that got that means guys that yes I'm not really talking about Drake London I mean granted this was only one practice I went to but I think I only saw one catch from him and it was like just a five yard catch it was pretty much always going to someone else 
he he looked fine. I mean, he had one good catch in the warmups. Uh, he had like a nice little jump up grab kind of, and he fell when he caught it because he jumped so high. Uh, but it was against no one and no coverage. So, I mean, it was an impressive catch, but I don't know. I don't know. I'm not too impressed by what I saw with Drake London. He didn't do anything bad by any means, but he also didn't wow me in any regard. So I do think that he's probably the odd man out if you're trying to choose between which Falcons player to take a chance on between Bijan Pitts and London. I would definitely take a chance on Pitts or, or uh, Bijan before I took a chance on Drake London. So uh, those are all my takeaways. Let me see if there are any questions about the camp. Um yeah, someone said they went to the Eagles camp and got tons of video. Wow. Yeah, they. I don't know if the Eagles allowed it or what, but they were definitely being pretty stingy at Falcons. But I, I saw a setting on my camera to where it'll actually like record when you're taking a picture. I didn't do it this time, but I plan to go to another Falcons practice at the end of the month. And so it'll actually, when you take pictures after like I send everything, it'll send me like a video file of like everything that happened before the picture was even taken. And I think that'll be a sneaky way to get around the video recording thing. So hopefully stay tuned for better coverage on the Falcons, but at least I think I gave you guys some good takeaways. Go find yourself some value in the Falcons offense. Now time for the actual news and starting this weekend off Friday afternoon, Alvin Kamara was given his three game suspension and it was just three games. It's fine, and I think people were expecting a little bit more. I think his ADP is going to go up a little bit. Those of you that did draft him, congratulations. Those of you that maybe took Jamal Williams or Kendra Miller, I also think it'll be fine, especially from the Kendra Miller standpoint uh, and really the Jamal Williams standpoint. I do think Jamal Williams is overvalued and always has been, but still he probably will get those touchdown works. It's just he's not going to get as many touchdowns as he did last season, plain and simple. But Alvin Kamara did come out and say, I never want to be involved in something where someone gets hurt or severely injured or anything. This was poor judgment on my end. Definitely a bad decision. I was completely wrong. I embarrassed the Saints. I embarrassed my family. I embarrassed my mother. I embarrassed myself. I embarrassed the city, the shield, and the NFL. And this is true. I mean, he did. And so I'm just glad that he kind of recognizes this. I'm glad that he had that meeting with Roger Goodell to talk it out. And it seems that, you know, that discussion did lead to a lesser suspension for him. The Saints, however, without Alvin Kamara, have played 10 games without him in his career. And they're only three and seven without him. So they might go off to a rough start. Um, but, you know, Cal Alvin Kamara has basically always missed at least one game. He's missed two games or more every single year going back to 2019. In 2018, he missed one game. In 2017, his rookie year, that was the only time he didn't miss games. So assuming that he plays the rest of the games outside of the suspension, you're getting a pretty standard Alvin Kamara year. And yes, the efficiency went down a little bit last year, but still we're talking about all the opportunity that this guy is going to get. His snap share was number one in the NFL among running backs at 80%. He had the fourth best opportunity share at 78%, the seventh most weighted opportunities with 254.7. He had the seventh most expected fantasy points per game. He had the seventh most receptions, the fifth most receiving yards. He uh, was the second most participant in routes among running backs as well, always out there catching passes. The third highest target share. The guy is going to get a ton of work. He hasn't averaged less than 14 points per game his entire career. Uh, we all know he's going to be good, right? Over 400 receiving yards every single year. Last year was his worst year with only 900 rush yards and 500 receiving yards and four touchdowns. So if he can get a couple more touchdowns, given that the Saints offense is going to do a little bit better, 
Of course, anyone that drafted him is very, very excited. That was a minimal suspension. And when he gets back, he should be totally fine. Um, and I would probably even be buying him if I'm a contender in Dynasty Leagues, if I had to if I had to answer that question. Noobs World Order asks, is Kendrick Miller a good pickup as a handcuff to Kamara? Definitely, yeah. If he is available, definitely. I mean, I think he will be the main guy while Alvin Kamara is suspended. I think they're just going to throw him to the wall, see what he can do, because I just don't see Jamal Williams as the, you know, a bell cow running back. I see him as a short yardage guy. Kendra Miller, a little shiftier, uh, looking healthy as well. I think that Kendra Miller is going to get a ton of work while Kamara is suspended and probably also still get some work when Kamara is back. So, yeah, I would definitely be picking up Kendra Miller if he's available. Next up, guys, Joe Burrow. He had that calf injury, and there's a little bit of discussion from Jamar Chase about it. And I thought that it would be fun to talk about. Alvin or uh, With Joe Burrow, the average timetable for this kind of injury should put him on track to return week one, but he might not be 100%. So Jamar Chase came out and said, "I, in all honesty, I don't want him there. This is the same thing with me last year. I sat out an extra game just to let my hip get all the way healed up and you don't want to cause no other problems later on in the season. I told him, as long as you're there after week five and on, we're good. Uh, and it's a tough, though, first first few weeks. If Jamar Chase's timetable is four games, I don't really think that'll be the case. I do think Joe Burrow will be out there sooner rather than later. I don't know about week one. I would, I think, I think that I will say that Joe Burrow should be out there week one. The reason is that their first two weeks of the season are against AFC North opponents. They are they are divisional games, and those are just important if you want to make the playoffs. And I just don't think they want to start off the season basically 0-2 against the Browns week one, and then they play the Ravens week two. I just think they want Joe Shiesty out there because they need to win those games. I know it's the first divisional game, and the second one means the most, but still, to me, because they're divisional games, I really do see him being rushed out. I think they're going to rush this healing process hopefully completely sit him out of the rest of training camp and preseason and let him be. But do keep in mind that it's possible he he misses a game or two. If he does do that, go ahead and buy Joe Burrow. You could probably try to buy him right now. I was able to acquire him in one league uh, just because, you know, it's a little bit questionable about what's going on. And hopefully in redraft, he takes a little bit of a hit for some drafters right now. You know, go ahead and get a value on him. But I think he'll be fine. And I think because they're playing divisional opponents, he will be out there. Just maybe not 100%. And maybe that means they'll run on Joe Mixon a little bit more or something. I don't know. We'll talk about that as we get closer. But just wanted to keep you guys updated. Um, let's see. Uh, and I do see here, uh, we'll talk, actually, we'll talk about that at the end of the show. Let's go ahead and talk about this running back free agency market. Just a quick update on Dalvin Cook. First off is that there really isn't an update or anything. Uh, the Jets are still in on him. Uh, and that's really it. The Jets are also in on Ezekiel Elliott, which we'll talk about in a second. Uh, but I did want to, I found one quote on NFL.com that I wanted to talk about. Dalvin Cook went on Good Morning Football and said that the odds were pretty high that he would sign with the Jets. And then um, I think it was Rappaport. Yeah, Rappaport came out and talked about the same thing, that there's been a lot of mutual interest between the two parties. It would make a lot of sense. It just seems like both sides are waiting before they move a little bit closer towards a signing. It would not be a surprise if it ended up happening. So it still seems that the Jets are the betting favorite for Dalvin Cook to sign there. Uh, I have also heard rumors that the Dolphins are, you know, seeing this Jet stuff and getting a little bit more uh worried you know they do still want to bring him in so i've heard that they are looking into upping their offer as well so we will continue to update you on that story the next running back that i want to talk about is ezekiel elliott 
the Patriots, of course, are hugely in on Ezekiel Elliott. It says that uh, this is uh, the athletic says that the Patriots remain highly interested in Ezekiel Elliott, but that also now the Cowboys are in the mix still to re-sign Ezekiel Elliott on a discount. And as we know, those are basically the two teams and scenarios we've always been talking about, really. It was always he's probably going to re-sign with the Cowboys. And then it was like, well, actually, the Patriots make a little bit of sense, too, if they're hosting everyone. Ezekiel Elliott would fit that, that team really, really well. So again, keep you guys updated on everything, but it's looking like Cowboys or Patriots for Ezekiel Elliott. And for Dalvin Cook, it is looking like the Jets or the Dolphins. It's narrowed down to two teams. Now, speaking of the Patriots with Ezekiel Elliott, I want to talk a little bit about Mac Jones because reports out of camp are that he's, you know, elevated his game a little bit. First off, Bill O'Brien, of course, coming to town. His kind of mantra this offseason has just been get better every day, even if it's just a small amount. So they're really, really trying to get this offense to progress, take little step forwards every single day. And I do think that that will help the offense in the long run, especially in the long term instead of trying to, you know, quickly fix everything that went wrong last season and rewrite everything in like one week, slowly add on new things and work on everything. And then so regarding Mac Jones, Ramondre Stevenson came out on Friday and was asked about Mac Jones and his maturity. And the first thing that Ramondre Stevenson said was that uh, Mac Jones has matured. Uh, basically said that Jones has noticeable confidence and ease and evenly set and even said that Mac Jones is increasingly acting like the longtime New England Patriots who showed them how Patriots leaders should act. So the Patriots way has officially embedded himself into Mac Jones, evidenced, of course, by him letting Jasecki live at his house for a little bit when he officially got signed while he was looking for a place of his own. And Jasecki even came out and said that he has the energy, the football IQ, sees things happening before they happen, gets people in position right when he breaks the huddle. Huddle. There's no lost time out there and that Mac Jones is doing a great job. So I do believe and have believed all offseason that Mac Jones is a great value right now in fantasy football redraft formats, especially super flex leagues. If this offense does take a step forward, which it's easy to do so, the offense was so bad last year, then Mac Jones, of course, will be the biggest benefactor. Bailey's happy season seems to have fallen off a, a, a large amount. He's still only working with the second team. Mac Jones isn't doing anything to lose the job. The club is behind him at this point. So it's looking like he will be the starter. It's looking like the offense is going to take a step forward. And that means you've got to take a chance on Mac Jones. And there's been some free agency signings. First off, Nikhil Harry has signed with the Vikings. He's Jalen Rager 2.0. They'll see what they can do with him. He's at least a good run blocker. Uh, well, nothing to really talk about. I mean, he's been a complete failure. I doubt that he's revived, but he'll be there. He's a body on the team. Kenyon Drake signed with the Colts, however, and this is a little bit more interesting as, of course, there is the issues with Jonathan Taylor. We don't know what's going on. I mean, we all assume that he'll inevitably be back, but signing a good running back in Kenyon Drake is a little bit concerning about the long-term plans. And, of course, if you had been holding on to Evan Hole, if you had been holding on to Deion Jackson with the news of the uh, Zach Moss broken arm, Oh, well, you should have sold him. You definitely should have sold him. Uh, now you're kind of stuck here. Kenyon Drake is definitely a better running back than those two guys. And he will, if Jonathan Taylor comes back, be a premier handcuff. 
as we know, he's been really good given the opportunities. Last season, he had 200-yard games, 127 yards and a touchdown against the Giants, 109 yards and two touchdowns against the Saints. He had two other 15-plus point games around 70 yards and a touchdown and some receptions. And last season, he was 10th in breakaway runway and had a pretty respectable 4.4 yards per carry. So he's a good running back. And we also know that in Arizona, when he had a little bit more featured role, he had almost 1,000 yards. He had 955 rush yards. And in 2017, he had that infamous 193-yard game. So again, good running back. If you've picked him up, I'm, I mean, good. I mean, he's a really good running back to roster at the end of your bench right now. Uh, and I would be taking a chance on him, putting throwing some offseason fab his way and just seeing what happens if Jonathan Taylor is gone, which I don't think he is or will be then, I mean, geez, you've gotten yourself a really good fantasy football asset. But again, I don't think Jonathan Taylor is gone. I think this is just more so really round out that backfield. Maybe they weren't as impressed with Evan Hole as they thought they'd be or something. But he's been brought in, and it is what it is. Now, some updates on the commanders just real quick. The rest of the show is just real quick. If you guys want to start asking some questions, we'll get to those in a second. But Eric Bieniemy has been bringing the winning mentality to Washington uh, there, two two-time Pro Bowl defensive tackle Jonathan Allen talked about it and just said it's exciting. One thing about Coach Bieniemy is he knows how to win. He's been with the Chiefs for ten years, been around all sorts of greatness, and he knows what winning looks like. And he has been bringing it here. So, guys, you know, I don't know what quarterback is going to be out there. Of course, it'll be Sam Howell at first, but even if Jacoby Brissett ends up being the quarterback, both of those guys will likely be values. Jahan Dotson likely a value. Terry McLaurin likely a value. Both the running backs, of course, likely a value if this offense can get cooking. And I think we all do believe that it can get cooking. I do think that it will look good. And uh, yeah, taking a chance on the commanders where I can. Of course, they're in a pretty shootout division. So I just I think that there's going to be some points for everyone to be able to get. So I'm taking I like that what the enemy is bringing. And I think that there's some value to be found there. And finally, guys, Anthony Richardson has been impressing in camp. Just real quick, yesterday I saw a tweet, and this is from George Bremer. I assume he went to the Colts camp. Highly efficient day for Anthony Richardson and 11 on 11. He finished 6 of 8 with three passing touchdowns and one rushing touchdown, all with the first teams and against the first team. So that's pretty fantastic. Eight passes, only two incompletions, three of them touchdowns, and even had a rushing touchdown. Guys, I'm telling you, He's bust-proof. Anthony Richardson is the truth. He's got a great coaching staff behind him. He's got great weapons around him, and he has the mentality as well. There's been plenty and plenty of reports that he just hasn't even gotten his face out of the playbook, always working, always grinding, always studying. Go spend whatever it takes to get Anthony Richardson. Whatever it takes. So, guys, do we have any questions? Let's see. Doesn't look like it. MLAD says that Falcons take was worth worth listening to the past five months. Thank you for be listening for listening th that much. Thank you. Thank you for staying here and everyone that's, you know, been listening. I appreciate you guys a ton. This is great spending my morning with you guys. Uh, does not look like we have any questions. It doesn't seem. Let's see. Boom, boom, boom. No, um, I do see some Kareem Hunt stuff. I did see he was visiting the Saints today just real quickly. I did see that before the show started, but didn't have really any time to prepare my notes on it. But just a little bit of a caveat about it. I mean, it makes sense. Uh, you know, Benjamin did just tear his Achilles, so they need a little extra help. Um, but it, it, I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, I really think that they would be fine with Jamal Williams, 
with Kendra Miller, with Alan Kamara. I think Kareem Hunt would be a bit too much for that backfield, but teams don't really care about that. They want to make sure there's some health and perhaps they're just working them out in case something does happen. And uh, he needs, you know, th they do need some running back help later in the season if an injury happens. Uh, but yeah, he has been meeting with the Saints. When do you prefer to draft? World Order asks. Earlier in the offseason or closer to the beginning of the season? I used to be a closer to the beginning of the season guy, but now that I'm just so tuned in, making sure I'm taking in as much information as I can, I do prefer early drafting. There's just so much value to be found. The amount of Brock Purdy I own is just insane. I was taking so many shots on him. Uh, I'm sure there's other examples, too, of people that I've been drafting that their ADP has been rising as I expected it would. Uh, I just think you can get a lot more complete teams early in the season just because there's less information out there and you do truly have an advantage uh, when you are taking in as much information as someone as myself is. Thoughts on where Fournette will sign? Still no clue. I do still think that he is the out of the Kareem Hunt, Ezekiel Elliott, Maybe even Dalvin, probably not Dalvin Cook, not going to throw him in there. I'll say out of Zeke, Kareem Hunt, Fournette. Fournette is the one I would rather roster. I do think wherever he goes, it will be a more fantasy relevant landing spot and he will get a decent amount of passing work. The team I hope he signs with is the Chargers. That's what I've been kind of wish casting out there. I think he would fit there really well. And if something ever happened to Austin Eckler, he would be a pretty decent replacement too. But even if he wasn't, you know, hurt, that, that it would just be good for the offense to not give him as much work as they have been. So that's where I hope. I don't know where, though. I, I just think that wherever he does go will be a pretty decent spot. I think the Vikings are possible as well, uh, just to kind of be a cheaper Dalvin Cook. And yeah, that's. I think it'll be nice. I think it will be nice. I am in on Leonard Fournette. All right, guys. Thank you all for watching. Thank you for tuning in 30 minutes later than we normally go. Uh, the rest of the week will, of course, be back on normal schedule. And tomorrow I'm having a very special guest. So make sure you tune in tomorrow on the Player Profiler YouTube channel at 10 a.m. You guys, the fantastic audience, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope to see you all tomorrow, 10 a.m. Eastern. I hope to see you all the rest of the week. And I hope you guys have a fantastic, and I mean fantastic Monday, fantastic rest of your week. Have a good one. Peace.